Counting calories is out. Weight loss is an internal game, what I like to call weight release, and it all starts from within. You're listening to Confidence From Within, a podcast for women ready to feel good about their bodies, rediscover their confidence, and share their brilliance with the world. I am your host, Juliana Lehman, mind-body weight release expert and lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 115 of Confidence From Within podcast. And as always, I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And my special guest today is Val. And we talk about her experience navigating a very difficult period of her life that happened or was triggered during the pandemic and how she was able to rebuild herself and actually go deeper and looking for, and learn to look for happiness in the little things, literally looking for good in all the different situations. And I think this episode is going to be very good if you are feeling, even now that we are in 2022, post-pandemic, still out of alignment with choices, with career, relationships, whatever it is, there are golden nuggets here for you to apply to those areas of life and really build your own basket of tools of things that bring joy to your life, to your soul, and really helps you get through and make real significant decisions in your life to shift your perspectives so you can shift your reality. So let me properly introduce you to Val. Val Manar is a multi-passionate entrepreneur that takes an out-of-the-box approach in everything she does. From offering an interior decorating course and services online to mentoring, podcasting, and suit-to-be authoring, she relies on her creativity and storytelling to engage with clients and develop products and services that speak to their highest values. Val is the founder of Orange Tree Interiors and a serial learner addicted to personal growth with an unwavering desire to help people attain happiness and achieve success. She has a passion for making connections, whether it's between her clients and their home design projects or with their personal and professional development. Here is Val. Welcome, Val. I am so pleased to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Likewise, and I really miss talking to you like we've met a few years ago, and I just love seeing the journey and now very excited to have you share your experiences and your stories in the last couple of years with us today. So to get us started, what does confidence mean to you? I would say that confidence is just um, like a knowing and like, um, being sure of yourself and, and sure of the decisions you make. And then where does that inner knowing comes from, from your perspective? Uh, I would say intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, I find when, when I follow my intuition is when I feel the most confident. Now, sometimes my intuition isn't as strong as I would like it to be <laughs> with particular matters. But I do find when, uh, when I am feeling very intuitive, like there is just a knowing in my body that um, gives me confidence to move forward with whatever it is that's happening in that particular circumstance. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, like, it's very similar to how I, I feel it as well. Like there's almost like, 
it's something that I've built over the years, but I also feel it in my body. It's almost like a certainty or confusion. Those are the two mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of like answers I get, you know? Yes, um, exactly. And it's kind of like listening and really paying attention to that embodiment, right? I think it's so beautiful. And a lot of people, a lot of times people talk about mind body relationship, but I think the body mind is also very important. And what you described is essentially that. So, so cool. So to get us into today's topic, and we're really going to be covering the topic of finding happiness through, you know, healing our pain, which I know is something that has been really important to you. And let's start, first of all, on the realm of career. I know in this podcast, we talk about all areas of life, but um, I know you've done so much self-discovery in the last couple of years. And I've been hearing this from many other leaders as well, that COVID kind of like shook some things loose (laughs) in us, right? And we're contemplating like, am I really happy? Am I really fulfilled? So tell us a little bit about your story in terms of some of those discoveries that have come up for you. Oh, yeah. Okay. So right before the pandemic, um, so I should start by saying I have, I'm a virtual interior designer. So Mm -hmm. I, I, right before the pandemic, I was entering into my third year of business as um, an interior, des- virtual interior designer. And, um, but I was also introducing um, some business coaching for like n- newbie entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And so I was feeling really excited about that and um, attending all kinds of conferences. And I felt very like aligned with what I was doing. And so, and I felt like I was more productive than ever. Like I was was running my design business. I was coaching new people. I was attending conferences and workshops. And I just felt like I could get so much done because I think I was just right. Like I was right where I was supposed to be. And then, um, pandemic hit and I was able to keep myself in a pretty positive state for a couple of months (laughs) until like having kids home constantly. Like my kids were pretty young at the time. So four and six yeah, and um, trying to homeschool them. And then, like I said, work on these two businesses. And then with um, actually being a virtual interior designer, we, I was very lucky. I know a lot of people weren't, but my business actually benefited from the pandemic because everybody was stuck at home in their, you know, four ugly walls and wanted (laughs) to do something with them. So I got very, very busy. So now I had these kids home trying to teach them stuff and uh, and then trying to run my business. I also have was so busy that I had to hire people. So now I'm trying to train people. And it just became really overwhelming really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I kind of started feeling like I didn't know I was, fe- I was struggling with guilt. Um, I was feeling like I was supposed to be, you know, paying more attention to my kids, you know, helping them with their schooling more. Um, And I was like, you know, that's what moms do. Like your kids are your number one priority. But I was feeling more pulled toward doing the business. Like I just, I don't want to say enjoyed that more. That sounds horrible, but I just... I was just more excited about doing that than being a teacher. If I wanted to be a teacher, I would have been a teacher. So anyways, 
the guilt kind of took over and then I started kind of letting things like, I just couldn't do it all is ultimately what it came down to. And then I started getting frustrated that I couldn't do it all. And, and then over time, like so much time that we weren't able to see people and I'm a person who likes people, um, things really started to wear on me. So I got pretty down I spent, you know, I'm going to say 18 to 20 months feeling pretty rotten Mm -hmm. and then uh, found, found a way to climb myself back out of that. And so can we go back to the question again? Cause I want to make sure I'm answering it fully. (laughs) Yes. So it was kind of like giving you the space to describe even some of the transformation. Cause what you mentioned that I think is so relatable Val, is like the guilt that so many women felt. Right. And it's mm-hmm. very much what you said, like, you know, you did not choose to be a teacher and you're an amazing mom. And I know this, right. Cause I know you also personally, but so many women were in the same boat that they eventually got all these very high competing priorities, which is the love for their children as an example, new kids and their choice of career that is fulfilling to them. Right. But now you're given this extra job in this case, you know, homeschooling and so on because of the circumstances. And I think that puts so many women in this cycle of guilt. Right. Because we have this high level of expectations about ourselves. I know you do, too wanting to do all things well, but like you said, we, we can do many things well, but maybe not at the same time. Right. And because your business, like with some, some other women to benefit from the pandemic, they're even busier. We all know the training team members is not an easy task. So it is basically like a perfect storm. Right. But mm-hmm. my original question to you was, um, so from that place, right. That you mentioned like, you know, 18 plus months feeling, you know, disaligned, like really almost like in this, you know, deep state inside of you rebuilding yourself from the inside out, which is so hard to do, but also so brave. Tell us like what came out of it? Not so much the lessons and so on, but like, what was really the, the point that you said, okay, something has to shift and that internal turmoil. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, I was just feeling really hopeless, I guess is a, is a good word. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but we chose not to be vaccinated. And so that meant that we were away from people for a longer period of time Mm -hmm. than some other people were. And as I mentioned, I am a, I like people. So that was (laughs) very hard on me. And then it also kind of enhanced the guilt because um, now my kids couldn't participate in sports and other activities because of, um, like we weren't allowed to bring them there. And, and so, and I mean, I am, I, I have nothing against anyone who does there's, this is not a, like a cause for debate or anything. It just for me personally, that is how I felt. I got to a point where it was pretty dire And I just said to myself, you know, I, and I recognized it because I had been there in my, in the past through other, you know, circumstances previously in my life, Mm -hmm. but I recognized I was headed for depression. And so I just, I just said to myself, Val, you got to figure this out. You got to get back on the horse, you know? So I started to 
really shift my focus. Mm-hmm. So I started, like, I stopped thinking about all the things that were bothering me with how the world was and started thinking about all the things that were in my control and all the things that I what I was really happy about. And so really, ultimately, it, it comes down to a gratitude practice, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, rewinding back to the where what I was talking about, I started getting into shifting, uh, sorry, coaching for newbie business owners. A lot of um, what got me on that track was practicing gratitude and just um, really focusing on all the good in life. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just decided, I just made a decision. I will not, I will no longer spend time focusing on all this stuff that's upsetting me. And I will m- moving forward, just focus on all the good. And so that's what I did. I just started s- sitting down every morning and writing out the things that I was happy about. And, and then, you know, kind of dreaming about, how I would like my life to be. And then just started kind of taking actions toward creating that life. Mm -hmm. Hey there. Are you a woman who has spent most of your adult years feeling like you lack motivation to take care of your body? Should it be eat the right foods, exercise, or make time for yourself and the things you love to do? instead of putting everyone else's needs and problems ahead of yourself? Do you start something new, maybe a new diet, and you have tons of excitement and even take the time to create an elaborate plan only to lose motivation when not seeing results? And then going through the guilt and frustration cycle of repeating the same patterns again and again, wishing you had more willpower? Well, If you answer yes to any of these questions, then I have something to share with you that will forever change how you look at motivation. Going from this unattainable concept to an actual formula you can repeat again and again to turn every goal into reality. If you want to uncover your own source of endless motivation and how to tap it into it anytime you want, even through the emotional roller coaster that is modern life stress, then go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash motivation to learn more. The one thing I want to point out though that you mentioned that I think is so important is the whole concept of focus. And this is also one of the things that I've been contemplating more and more, I would say in the last year or so that when we focus on what is not working well, that's what expands, right? Because our awareness is focused on it. But once you focus on what you want, and so many times, and I think this is just part of even the coaching world, <laughs> we're usually taught, and it may be the problem solving abilities of the human mind, but we're usually taught to understand what is holding us back, our limiting beliefs and our blocks and all those things, which I think there is a place in a time. But also I think we can spend so much time there and we never really get ahead, right? We're kind of like always stuck in that focus mode. But what you said is so, I think, important that when you shift the focus now to, yes, there's many things happening that 
I'm not aligned with that are not making me happy, but you shift your focus to what you want, to what is working out, because there's always something that is working out, even if small perceived, you know, in relation to the rest. I think it just really transforms because whatever we focus on multiplies, whether it's a positive or a negative thing. So I think that is such an important lesson. And I just wanted to highlight that so that people really grab onto it. So Mm -hmm. thank you for mentioning that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I 100% agree with you. Absolutely. So then when you made a decision, which is also very powerful, by the way, you know, there's a lot of parents power in deciding, right? And really deciding. And I know like if somebody is still very much in a difficult mind space right now, it may be hard to contemplate, but I think when time comes and we are ready, we can do it. Right. So tell us like when you made that decision and you said, I am going to shift things around, what happened next? I just sort of created a routine for myself, you know, um, I just, I, I thought about, okay, what in, what was working for me in the past? What did I do that made me feel really good? And so, you know, I, I mentioned the gratitude already. Um, but then I just started kind of reading more and, um, and then with the reading came, you know, you, you see, ideas crop up in multiple different books. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, like all these, I've read all these different books and all these different people like authors are saying the same thing ultimately. (laughs) Yes. And so then all of a sudden, you know, these kind of abstract ideas or weird things that you're activities that you're not necessarily uh, used to or comfortable with are sort of like, you know, this has to be truth because Mm -hmm. how comes, because how much so many people are writing about it and, you know, and most of these books are bestsellers. That's why I chose to read them, you know? So, uh, so then I just started doing what they said, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I started doing affirmations and, um, you know, moving my body and trying to eat healthier and, um, I say trying because I haven't mastered that one yet, (laughs) Um, but I, and just, uh, you know, setting goals for myself, even if they were small, because, um, you know, I learned that one way to build confidence and confidence is an area that I have, um, struggled with in my own life. Um, but one way to build confidence is to set yourself a goal and achieve it. Mm-hmm. And so if setting small goals and achieving them, you know, gives your proofs to yourself that you're capable. And then if you continue to do that, then all of a sudden your confidence starts to build. Right. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so that's what I did. I just kind of created a practice and, and I started learning about, I don't know what the terminology is for them, but maybe alternative ways of practicing happiness, like uh, hypnotherapy and EFT tapping. And mm-hmm. no, so now I have like a whole routine. In fact, I, <laughs> I created a, a journal for that routine to keep myself accountable and um, also to share with other people if they're interested. And, you know, all the things you sound like the tapping and hypnotherapy, all those things are part of my everyday routines as well. And I think we all have you know, different things that work great. And I think experimenting is really so important, right? Because 
if you find something, for example, tapping is one of the things that my body loves. <laughs> it just yes. really does love, you know? Um, so it is very enjoyable for me to do that. And I think that is part of the process as well, right? Because especially for picking ourselves up out of a situation that is not very easy, even if adding one thing and then once that becomes more of a routine, like you said, the small goals, I think that is solid advice because sometimes we try to add too much, right? To completely shift things and then it becomes the challenge is keeping it all up. And I think momentum, and like I always say success is a collection of little moments, right? And mm-hmm. momentum, I think is key for something like this, but also alignment that you're choosing things like in your case that you're reading it all, taking all this information in and then seeing what resonates with you and making that part of your routine and creating your own with you done, which I think is really special. And I think my routine is kind of, similar in the sense that it is a collection of different modalities and things, but I allow myself the freedom to decide which one or ones I'm doing that day. So it's almost there's structure, but I flow. <laughs> yeah. I kind it's kind of like, I have this little basket of, you know, things that make me feel good. Yes, and then do. I just, some of them are ones I do every day and then others I kind of, you know, pick and choose, you know, and, and, and I just do what I'm vibing with. What, if it doesn't yes. feel good, I don't do it. I, I don't want any resistance there. So if I'm like, mm, I'm not really feeling the tapping today, I'd much rather go take a walk and have a visualization. Then that's what I do. I just make sure that I'm doing some of those things every single day. Yes, I love that. What I have been experimenting with for myself on that similar vein is creating micro moments every day. Meaning like I don't, I used to have like mornings where when I did some of those, you know, things, but now, but then I was kind of like fighting with myself to keep it up (laughs) because some mornings I wake up and I had early appointments and anyways, so I decided now and I'm just sharing because I don't know, it's coming through me, Um, but I'm doing micro moments so they can happen as many times a day as I feel like various times, but in short increments. And it has been really good for me because I feel any, it's almost like I'm always curious to see when another micro moment is going to come. And it just brings that softer, joyous, you know, more high vibe energy, whereas mm-hmm. my work is very analytical and it's a lot more, I don't know, like intellectual, right? So I feel it expands, you know, parts of my brain that on a normal busy day, I wouldn't tap into. So more creative side of me, if that makes sense. I love that. So it's like the micro little rituals sprinkled throughout the day. I do intend every evening to spend a little bit more time on that. I think it's a very good way to disconnect, right? From, you know, the go, go, go mind. But I'm not condensing everything into like morning and evenings. It's just like whenever (laughs) my intuition, I guess, tells me to stop and do it. Right. I love that. That's great. And I love the concept too of the basket that you mentioned, right? And, you know, I also have a physical basket, but in some cases that basket could be more virtual, right? If it's, mm-hmm. you know, a collection of something in your phone or your computer or so on. But I think that is a recommendation as well. You may vow to highlight because collecting things that brings you joy, that brings you moments of happiness, 
could be such a wonderful starting point for some people, right? Even if they're not ready yet to necessarily do all the things, at least collect your resources, like you said, you know, read books, listen to audiobooks, which is my preferred style, you know, start really gathering the things that really, you know, softens your soul and brings you those moments of joy and then lean into the ones that feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Now, I wanted to shift focus a little bit and talk about the pain side, not from necessarily reliving the pain, but one of the things you said, like part of your work is uh, happiness through healing the pain, right? And I wanted Mm -hmm. to bring that aspect in because pain in my case, physical chronic pain has been, I would say the biggest teacher of my life, (laughs) as you know, with my spinal condition and surgery and things. So when you mentioned that, it really piqued my interest because I say, you know, I've also been contemplating the role that pain had in my life for many years now. And I'm probably the healthiest that I've been pain wise, in a, I would say for as long as I remember <laughs> 20 years, I guess. Um, so I just wanted to go there a little bit and, you know, from a perspective, somebody either physical pain, emotional pain, or both going through those things, what are some of the blessings? I know you mentioned the gratitude list, right? What would be some blessings that we can look and find in pain? So when I said pain, um, you know, helping people heal pain and finding happiness, I was referring to emotional pain. Yeah. So I'm glad that you said I could talk about either because that's that's what I wanted to talk about. It's, you know, one strategy that I've learned through all of my readings is um, kind of looking at a situation and, and, and then what's the opposite of it. These practices that I've been doing too, you, you learn little nuggets along the way, you get these like little um, you know, aha moments where you're like, Oh, you know, yeah. I didn't think of it that way. Or uh, just as an example. So, you know, I shared with you at the beginning of this, the p- pandemic was a very uh, frustrating, um, kind of honestly excruciating time for me. And I was very angry. Actually, I- I'm sure you remember, we had a conversation, <laughs> a, yes. a conversation at one point, And uh, like, I was high anxiety, very stressed, very angry. And, um, but now, uh, you know, if we look at the contrast, I, I, I'm actually grateful for the pandemic mm-hmm. because it forced me, it forced me to my next level because it made me, it got me so low that I was like, okay, your choices are to stay low or to rise high, you know? And yeah. so it, it made me see, okay, well, what what am, what is my impact going to be in this world? You know, yeah. what, how, how can I leave a better impression on the world than, than, uh, you know, how I came into it or whatever. And so, like I said, now I'm just like, I'm so grateful that this all happened because now I feel like I can empathize, right? Mm-hmm. If yeah. I didn't, if I didn't go through that pain and, you know, I know we're not going that deep in this, in this uh, particular podcast, but it, you know, there was things about the pandemic that were very triggering for me from, you know, previous episodes in my life. And I recognize that now. And I'm like, Oh, well, 
I needed to go through that and I needed to go through this in order to be able to empathize with people and, and truly understand, you know, what they're going through so that I can help them through it. And so, yeah, so now it's just, it's just all about perception, right? And how you look at, how you look at every given situation. If you just change your perception about it, all of a sudden things don't feel so bad. Exactly. And it's a very, Absolutely, Val. And that is really the basis of my work with weight release. Like it has really come to it. Um, But it's very much what I call emotional mastery is not even necessarily seeing all the positives, right? Which is a lot of times what I think we are told that we need to, but it's more neutralizing the negatives, right? And by neutralizing the negatives, meaning finding all the blessings that came with a perceived negative situation. Something else that I would add to what you just said, that it is so true in terms of having that understanding because you walked in those shoes, right? And you now have made through like that mountain, right? And now we can guide others. Um, Looking at my own experience as well, through my health issues, more on the physical, even though there also were quite a bit of the emotional charge that that came with my situation. But in my case, um, I would say my burnout, my four months, that was probably one of the darkest times in my life back in 2017. That's when I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, and it got to a point I could not get out of bed right back then. And I was on a four month leave from corporate and eventually left corporate, even though I had an excellent job um, that really, I would say, because it was so good, I think is what kept me there for longer than my soul wanted to. But I had this deep purpose, deep desire that now I fulfilled through my work that I wasn't able to do back then because, you know, I was under the impression that we go to school, graduate, get a degree, get a good job, right? Like I was all in this depth. And I think because I'm such a loyal, committed person, my body had to literally fall apart for me to actually pay attention to what my intuition was telling me it was time to do, right? So I just also wanted to add this other aspect here because for some of our listeners, maybe, you know, I feel in my life, I sometimes attract really traumatic experiences, like like soap opera drama, (laughs) you know, because I need to really shake things up for me to (laughs) actually change, you know? Yeah because I'm so stuck in my ways trying to figure things out and make it work and just not look at what's right in front of me. So I wanted to mention that as potential, the pandemic was for many people, you know, people that have been in leadership roles, like I said at the beginning, coaches and people I know that they're defined by a career, you're defined by something and they want to do something else, right? And there's so much guilt that comes with releasing that as well. I think it is very important that more women talk about this so that we start freeing ourselves, right? From doing what we want to do and that makes us happy because that is the whole point, <laughs> right? Of living and, and doing yes. our things. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so I just want to try that angle there that sometimes we need, like there's so much that holds us back from what we actually want to be and do that it takes like a big, almost dismantling of our reality as this for us to actually, like you said, rebuild but rebuild more intentionally, right? Rather than what we think we should be doing, if that makes sense. 
hundred percent. Yes, totally. Um, so one final question for you before we close for somebody about that is, you know, looking to, so they are like, Oh my gosh, like I resonate with this. I feel, you know, my life is in that place that I want to make a decision as well and shift things. What would be in your opinion, the maybe the easiest or the most effective i'll let you go any direction but what would be the first step you would recommend that somebody could do if they're in a similar situation i think the very first step is just to look for the good every day sit down and try not to put any energy on the negative stuff and just sit with yourself and even I mean, start with one, but my goal is five every day, just to think about what, what do I have right now in my life that I'm really happy about? I have a husband who is very supportive. That's amazing. Okay. Uh, I have kids that want to give me hugs every day. I love that. You know, I love the smell of my morning tea, you know? Love it. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be big things, you know. Um, that time of day when the kids go to bed and you finally get to sit down and have some me time, you know. Some people don't get that. I do, so yeah. I'm grateful for it. When it's the perfect temperature outside, anything, and just when you start paying attention to to the good things, all of a sudden you notice there's more good things. Yeah. And if you just keep your focus there, it's just amazing what can happen for you. Like it's just, it does not take long to start shifting how you feel. I love that. And I think it's such a wonderful place to start, right? It's very achievable. Like that could be one thing, could be five things. And I love it to say, like, even the smell of your tea, like sometimes we think, oh, what am I grateful for? Like we think all this like master big, big things, but there's so much richness in our lives every day. If we just look and pay attention to, and I'll mention one more thing to you about that you said that I forgot to <laughs> highlight. You mentioned contrast. And I think that is very key as well. And even potentially one of the benefits of contrast or quotations, negative things happening is the value of contrast. And I think because I was born and raised in Brazil, I have maybe a bigger degree than my husband say does for contrast. (laughs) Um, So anytime that something happens with my Canadian life, that really sometimes brings me tears of gratitude. And he's like, you know, what's going on? Like, I'm totally normal. And then I'm like crying, like, exactly. And I say, wow, this is so beautiful. It really touched my heart. And then I say to him, like back home, this doesn't exist. Right. Uh, I'll give a, a random example, but I was like in a, in a meeting with a group and they're talking about women's rights and what some of the rights that we have as women in Canada. And it brought like a rush of tears to my eyes because I just, I was just, I felt so blessed in that moment by comparing to what I remember from the workforce back home, you know, mm-hmm. anyways, just as an example. Um, and I said to him, I'm so grateful for the contrast of knowing what it is to not have those things. I'm less able to take it for granted, you know? So I think it is so important. And if somebody's finding themselves in a very negative place, that will be contrast soon enough, you know, for them to see other blessings that are in their path as well. Even just to say that makes me cheer. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just really profoundly touches my heart. So look for the contrast in your life. I wanted to add. Yeah, I love that. Wonderful. And Val, where can we find you online? Tell us all the details. 
Um, so you can find me at valmalnar.com. So that's one for my website. And then on Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at Val Malnar. I will be releasing my own podcast shortly. Woo-hoo! And actually, by the time this airs, it probably will have been released. Love so it. Um, hopefully you can link that in your show notes. Yes, absolutely. I'll put all the links below in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time today, Val, and for so openly sharing your story. There's so much you said that I think would be so important for women to hear. And I'm very grateful to knowing you and having you on the show today. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I love you so much. And you've helped me tremendously over the years. And I'm so grateful for knowing you. Likewise. Thank you, Val. Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous and I will be sure to tag you back. I would also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes so you can help us support our show. Stay healthy and happy and until next time.